Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. Today, we're talking about the UN Sustainable Development Goals, We Empower Challenge Winners. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association, and I want to thank them for recommending our guests today. I'm really excited about this program and highlighting the accomplishments of three very successful women. So let's start with Amanda Ellis. Amanda currently serves as the Executive Director, Hawaii and Asia Pacific, and Global Director for Strategic Partnerships for ASU Julianne Wrigley Global Institute of Sustainability. She was most recently New Zealand ambassador to the UN in Geneva and Prime Minister Special Envoy playing a key role in New Zealand's successful UN Security Council bid. She co-chairs the We Empower UN Sustainable Development Goals Challenge to promote women business owners globally who are both running successful businesses and supporting the UN Sustainable Development Goals. She's a founding member of the Global Banking Alliance for Women. Amanda is the recipient of the International Alliance for Women Lifetime Achievement Award for supporting women's economic empowerment, a subject she continues to be passionate about. Our second guest is Hadil Anabtawi. Hadil is a social entrepreneur in the children and girls empowerment field. She's a certified life coach teacher's trainer on interactive training methods, and the founder of the Alchemist Lab in Jordan. She is DVF International Awardee 2019, We Empower Awardee 2018, and Vital Voices Fellow 2017. She studied industrial engineering at the University of Jordan and has an MBA from the University of Leicester. She's launched many initiatives that empower children and girls in particular, one of which is Go Girls, a program that encourages girls towards STEM and scientific thinking. And Habiba Ali has been in a renewable energy industry since 2005. She co-founded the Developmental Association of Renewable Energies and worked as the national coordinator. She's worked on Clean Development Mechanism Project, Efficient Cook Stoves for Nigeria, the Solar Lamps Assembly and Sales Training Program, and the Solar Dryers for Healthy Foods Project. Habiba was named a Vital Voices Grow Fellow, a World Bank Women X Fellow, and is a graduate of the Cherie Blair Road to Business Growth Program. Habiba, in 2018, was the Global Ambassadors Program Beneficiary and the UN Sustainable Development Goal Awardee for Africa on We Empower. So I'm delighted to have an all-female guest group today who are so accomplished and so committed to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So our guests want you to be inspired by the difference women leaders can make in the world to promote positive change, support the UN Sustainable Development Goals agenda, and especially better outcomes for and through women and girls the world over. We hope you, our listeners, will leave this conversation believing women can deliver meaningful change at the local level that can have global impact in very particular practical and sustainable ways. So on with the program, and we are delighted to have all of you as our guests and our listeners. Thank you so much, Maureen. It's wonderful to be on the show with Hadil and Habiba, who are such outstanding women leaders in their own context. It's very exciting that for the first time in history, we have 
an agreed global development agenda. In 2015, all 193 UN member country leaders came together at the General Assembly in New York and committed to a global agenda from 2015 to 2030 around 17 sustainable development goals. So it's very exciting for us to be able to work within this agreed global concept. Mm -hmm. Now, goal number five is gender equality and the empowerment of women and girls. And for the We Empower UN SDG Challenge, that is the goal that brings everybody together. So the idea behind the challenge is to seek women leaders the world over to honour their achievements, invest in their ability to create positive change and ignite and excite others to follow their lead. And this is, for me, uh, coming, as you said, from a small country right down near the bottom of the world uh, by the South Pole, it has been so inspiring and exciting to see the incredible range of solutions that women like Hadil and Habiba are coming up with to really support the UN Sustainable Development Goals in their local context, but they're finding solutions that really have global resonance. Thank you. Thank you. Can you discuss uh, what's going on in your home context? Okay, so um, thank you very much, Maureen, for having us, and um, we are really happy to be here. Um, about in, in my country, um, where I come from, northern Nigeria, is actually uh, a region that, um, you know, up till now we have women who live in Perda. Perda, if you don't know, is the religious practice of um, putting women in, um, in um, like, isolation, you know, away from um, other people's eyes, mainly supposed to be that um, they are protected by their husbands and all that. And this, from time, has actually made... Um, the woman's contribution in every aspect of de development really minimal because um, for us in the north of Nigeria, a woman is like um, more of a protected uh, person and not not to be seen or even heard as much. So, um, but uh, come growing up with a mother who was quite, um, you know, feisty and struggling and for this kind of region, it's really, really rare for you to find a woman who was that um, active. I learned to, to you know, understand what the needs of um, the community were because my father luckily took us into a lot of rural areas and my mom used to have a roadside food restaurant. And from that, I learned that um, we could have... Uh, you know, we, we from growing up, I found out that most of the times that we were facing the open fire, cooking food to sell in that op uh, roadside restaurant by the kerosene lantern, we had had some health effects on us. And this just made me keep thinking of the rural woman who this was her life. This is how she cooked day in, day out. And with the way the buildings were built with her, all the enclosures and everything, then she suffered indoor air pollution so much and would actually be in the statistics of about 1.4 billion women who died out of indoor air pollution. And this made me decide that I had to do something about it. And just working at um, looking at energy and finding solutions to energy problems in rural communities, which could be for electricity, for cooking or any other one. And this is what we really need in um, rural Nigeria, which is for cooking or for changing the lighting solutions from kerosene lanterns. One was already using energy to solve um, a multiple of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And this really is the reason why I'm supporting the SDGs. I mean, my work, I didn't start out thinking I was going to support the SDGs. It just so happened that most of the um, Sustainable Development Goals points are actually um, related, um, being sorted by my work, which is renewable energies. For example, you have, it solves the problem of inequalities because we work with um, uh, uh, the a network of women entrepreneurs in rural communities who resell our products. So it helps with the, um, the gender, uh, the goal of the goal five of the SDGs. It also helps with inequalities. It helps with um, it sorts the problem of energy. Of course, goal seven. It's also um, one that ensures um, better environments, fights climate change, and you know improves um, human health as well. Wow! It just seems just like the work you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Okay, and okay. Hadil? 
Yeah, uh, thank you for having uh, us uh, actually. And uh, you like spell, uh, you pronounce my name correctly. Uh, my name is Hadil Anabtawi. I'm coming from Jordan uh, in the Middle East. Uh, just to give you an idea, Jordan is uh, um, 10 million uh, uh, population, two of which are refugees. And um, uh, actually, our um, uh, unemployment rate is 19%. And we are a young population where 35% of our people are younger than. Uh, uh, 15 years old. Uh, I come from uh, a family where we are like uh, four sisters with no brothers and uh, I was blessed to have good education actually and my, fi my father uh, and uh, parents they are from Palestinian origin uh, where they left Palestine to, uh, to uh, get uh, a better life actually and education was the focus and girls empowerment uh, was the focus of my parents actually because uh, this is the way to like um, for us to lead a successful future. So, uh, so this is the base of my, my background. Um, I believe, I personally believe that good education is not about memorizing facts. It's about um, uh, training the mind to think. And, uh, and basically the problem that we tackle at the Alchemist Lab is the lack uh, of creative and critical thinking uh, activities to support the education of uh, our children. We all uh, know that the future needs more creative uh, uh, education and more creative uh, problem solvers. And uh, unfortunately, our our educational system does not support these things. So we established the Alchemist Lab in 2012 uh, through workshops and hands-on experiences with focus on STEM. Uh, basically, our problem has another level that uh, in Jordan, girls at the age of 15, they outscore boys in uh, STEM. However, their participation in STEM careers is less than 30%. And uh, uh, so, so we launched in 2015 uh, a program called uh, Go Girls, uh, where we uh, um, train girls to uh, ask questions, uh, research data, uh, identify problems, uh, build a solution, test the solution. And not only this, we also uh, uh, highlight uh, different uh, empowering uh, career options for them. And uh, we highlight different uh, women in STEM role models uh, uh, for uh, these uh, girls. We've reached so far more than 35,000 children, boys and girls in Jordan, in the cities, in the villages, less fortunate areas, and also in refugees uh, camps and uh, we do believe that we um, uh, advance the UN SDGs of good education and gender equality through our programs because we do uh, good education will lead to advancing all other uh, goals in the future, uh, even beyond uh, 230. And we hope that we uh, will empower more children in the Middle East in the future. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing to hear the range of impacts you're making. And we're going to go to break in about two minutes. So I wanted to see if one of you can talk about what are the challenges, the, um, uh, what challenges have you faced as a woman leader in your home environment? Maureen, I wanted to talk a little bit about New Zealand because it was the first country in the world where women won the right to vote in 1893. And yet, when I started work as a young diplomat in the foreign ministry in 1988, I was told I couldn't attend a meeting, which it was my job to take the minutes for, for Pacific Economic Cooperation, given that the meeting was being held at an all-men's club called the Wellington Club. So I think the point to highlight from a gender perspective is that in no country in the world has gender equality yet been achieved even in a country like mine where women had the right to vote so early. And in fact, only six countries actually have a level playing field in terms of legislation. And that's why for us, the, U, the We Empower UNSDG Challenge is so important because women like Hadil and Hadiba, who are really making a difference in their home communities where there are such big obstacles, are incredible role models for others. So I just wanted to say that even in developed countries, there are still challenges for women. Thank you so much for setting that context for us and also pointing out historically the, the range of challenges that, that we are all facing, uh, as you point out, Amanda, in, even in developed countries. So as we go on break, I would encourage our listeners to think about uh, where you sit in the world and what challenges 
you are facing as uh, if you are a woman, what challenges you're facing as women and also what's working. What are the opportunities and the, the ways that you're making a phenomenal impact because of or in spite of the challenges? And for the men listening, I encourage you to think about what are you doing now and what, what are you interested in doing to empower the women in your communities? We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. We're talking about the empowerment, the We Empower UN Sustainability Development Goals Challenge Winners for Women. That's a mouthful. Um, So we want to talk about some of the challenges you are facing and how you've overcome them. So let's start with Hadil and then we'll move to Habiba. So again, challenges you have faced and how you've overcome them. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I'll give uh, some details about uh, Jordan and the Middle East. Uh, we, uh, we're similar to what uh, Habiba said uh, at the beginning, that uh, we're more in a culture where uh, we raise that uh, men, they are the uh, financial providers of the family. And I would say uh, the main challenge uh, for entrepreneurs, uh, uh, women entrepreneurs in particular, is access to finance. Uh, I've started like more than 10 years ago in my entrepreneurship uh, journey. I've established my first uh, uh, company and I witness actually uh, throughout the years uh, more advances in Jordan concerning this because there are many like uh, accelerators and many uh, and many uh, organizations that are uh, encouraging more women entrepreneurs to go into uh, uh, this field. Uh, However, when I say access to finances, I don't um, I don't mean exactly laws in Jordan uh, who give like uh, men uh, access to money uh, more than uh, uh, women. However, 
uh, I mean that uh, we're um, we have like uh, uh, it's a dominated uh, a country dominated by uh, men in certain positions. So uh, so the access men through their uh, access to men through their networks to reach uh, people who can finance their projects is uh, is uh, something uh, of an advantage uh, to them. And also access to network uh, because not all women, as I said, uh, unemployment rate uh, for women is really high. So so uh, women usually they don't have that network that can support uh, uh, the, uh, them beginning uh, uh, an, uh, an, uh, an enterprise or an organization uh, by supporting financing uh, them. Uh, personally, I, I overcome uh, uh, these challenges uh, by uh, going as an entrepreneur, by going to my close circle of tr trusted circle of people who were trusted in my capabilities. So they invested in, uh, help, uh, invested in my company. And after that, I started to go to women entrepreneurs and working women in uh, like uh, leadership positions in companies where I pitched my business and my story uh, so uh, to encourage them to uh, help invest in uh, uh, my programs. Uh, so, so basically, I would say access to finance is the main challenges and to network who can support my uh, company. That was the main uh, challenge. I don't know. What do you think, Habiba, in your region? What are the challenges? Thank you, Hadil, and thank you, um, Maureen, again. Um, there's a lot of, there's a, you know, a variety of challenges that we face as entrepreneurs in Nigeria, and it also varies between industries. Um, for me, I can see a lot, a lot of things that happen, but one common thing that goes across all industries will be um, the, the, for me, I mean, looking at it from my own angle, is the idea of taking women seriously, you know, so um, I, yeah. I, I, I basically had a fight almost today with some bankers at, at a program for women um, we're trying to there is a new program the American embassy is doing called the Academy for Women Entrepreneurs and the bankers came to speak and they are talking about giving women you know this very little amounts of money just to you know help them do their businesses and one of the things I said I was so angry I got up the stage I said look it's time you realize that as women we don't need because one of the, the statement he actually made was well how much money do you need as a woman I mean it's not going to be more than a millionaire which is about maybe three thousand dollars or something and i'm like look we are beyond needing a million dollars i run a business that actually needs uh, a million naira sorry i don't run a business that actually needs a lot more than that it's time you start taking us women seriously and realizing yeah. that it's not just about that woman thing it's not something to just do on the side so your wife is kept busy it's not something your daughter has disturbed you and she wants to do it's high time you realize that women want to also run successful big businesses i mean what stops you from giving a woman the same 150 million you want to give a man you know, and this, this for me is one of the problems that I think cuts across all of the sectors. But specifically for me in the renewable energy sector, being a male-dominated field, it's always a hassle to make myself heard. It's always a hassle. For me, I always, I use this, um, you know, like denotation saying it's like, you know, you're sinking in the sea and you're trying, finally trying to make, you know, break, break ground and, you know, all the men just come down and push you back in. So you find you're constantly struggling to stand out, to make your voice heard, to make your, to, you know, to become who you want to be. And then there are other, of course, structural um, and political policy-wise um, challenges like how we have for my, for my product. I mean, almost half of it has to come from um, overseas and I have to come through customs clearing issues and, you know, so many issues. And then it's about getting access to finance, of course, is one thing that everybody faces, whether it's in Nigeria or in Jordan. So these are the kind of things we face as business owners in, um, I mean, the world over. But in, for specifically for me in Nigeria, this is one thing that I see. Thank you for Habiba sharing. Habiba and Hadil, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Amanda. Uh, I was going to say that those challenges are absolutely the kinds of things that we realized when I was working at the World Bank. As an economist who also worked in finance for a while in Australia, we started a whole program around women's markets because there were the same kinds of barriers to women in developed countries too, but they didn't go into the legal realm. And so when I was working at the World Bank, we started a new program called GEM, Gender Entrepreneurship Markets. 
and those were the first lines of credit dedicated to women in Africa because in many countries women don't own land and that is often a custom law impediment which means it's very difficult to get collateral for a business loan Mm -hmm. in addition Mm -hmm. to the societal issues. And so what's been interesting is it was a real battle to even get $15 million for the first bank we did, which was Access Bank in Nigeria. But now it's fascinating to see that this problem has really been recognized globally. The International Finance Corporation, the private sector arm of the World Bank, now has a billion-dollar fund. And I was very proud in 2000 to be a founding member of the Global Banking Alliance for Women, which now has over 60 member banks who are aware of the problems that Hadil and Habiba raised concerning access to finance for women and are really trying to rectify those. That said, something like only 2% of venture capital goes to women's businesses. And that's why we felt it was so important to start the UN SDG Challenge to highlight the wonderful work that women like Hadil and Habiba are doing in their countries despite the obstacles. So, Hadil and Habiba, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, the lessons that you have for other women who are committed to supporting the UN Sustainable Development Goals, especially SDG 5, to promote gender equality and empower women and girls, specifically because you have come so far in, in your journeys and are now the role models? Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll start first, uh, Habiba, if you allow me. Uh, uh, Yeah, uh, basically, I'm a strong advocate for girls' empowerment. And I always say, if all women around the world, entrepreneurs, working women, women in leadership positions, if they, like, like, stop a bit and think... Uh, what they learned throughout these years of experience and start to give uh, these lessons uh, to young girls at early age, uh, this would be very empowering for uh, girls. Uh, I'm, I'm an advocate for, gir- for girls' empowerment. I'm an advocate for early intervention for women empowerment. I always say that um, uh, empowering, uh, if we want to, uh, to, to have more women empowered, uh, at uh, at um, uh, uh, the, the least agony for women themselves, especially in less fortunate areas, we start early enough at school through the educational system to empower these girls with the skills they need. Uh, creative and critical thinking, entrepreneurship skills, and also financial literacy, because uh, uh, this is not part of uh, uh, the way we raise our girls in our uh, uh, region. Uh, so uh, uh, what I learned uh, to, uh, to start to... Uh, every woman entrepreneur to start to uh, lead initiatives in her areas where she can empower other women uh, and other young girls to to start their uh, journey and to pass the skills that we learned, to pass the challenges that we had, uh, to pass uh, uh, the lessons that we learned to overcome uh, these challenges. And this is exactly what uh, what we need to do uh, uh, everywhere in order to to, uh, build successful enterprises and also build a sustainable movement uh, uh, towards uh, girls' empowerment. And uh, I do believe in education. I do believe in embedding all these skills in the educational system starting uh, starting early enough uh, uh, with children at schools, uh, both uh, both boys and girls. Uh, my dream is in the future that more boys will uh, will really uh, be advocates for uh, uh, gender equality and uh, for girls and women empowerment. So the educational system have uh, to be uh, changed uh, a bit and we have to put more uh, efforts on that. I think it's yeah. a critical point that the impact of the education system on both boys and girls, because as we separate and young men don't don't understand their role as advocates, we all lose. Yeah. yeah. Actually, if I may add that there like one video that went viral like a couple of months ago where they like it was like a test at school. They talked to boys and girls. They've given them the opportunity both to work, the, to, to do the same work, and then they've given uh, different pays for them. And kids were surprised why should they uh, have different pays. So at school, uh, kids, they, are, they feel that they are equal, boys, boys and girls. 
and start with time with the cultural uh, uh, pressure on them they start to like think differently and think no woman should be like this uh, men should be like this and uh, i think um, i think education would help a lot solve this issue so do we have anything to add on this specific question about leadership and um what you recommend to other women listening about UN sustainability, uh, sustainable development goals? Well, I would add that um, one of the lessons that I've learned is to always um, own my success. And this has been made loud and clear for me, especially with my involvement with Vital Voices Grow, which um, through it, we also um, is one of the um, partners in the UN SDG, UN We Empower Challenge. Um, so many times women, as women, we, we do a lot of good things and we just want to keep quiet about it. We want to be humble about it. We just don't want to be out there saying this is what we do and this is how we're doing it. Meanwhile, we're doing a lot of amazing things. And so I want to encourage us women that as a leader, the best way you can help the other woman to become who she should be is by actually owning your success and letting it out there. And owning the fact that we as women are the mothers and the nurturers of all the leaders out there, be it a man or a woman. So own your success and let it out there. I think empowering other women and creating men as advocates is a real responsibility. Um, When I was ambassador to the United Nations in Geneva, we actually had a group of women ambassadors who would come together and every time there was a review of countries' legislation, we would all ask questions relating to gender equality and women's empowerment. And I think that power of coalition for change and helping to educate men to become advocates as well can really make a difference in moving the dial on UN SDG 5. And finally, just to let everybody know, next year is the 25th anniversary of the Beijing Platform for Action on women. And we have a coalition at the moment which is very much an SDG 17, which means a multi-stakeholder partnership among UN Women, the Interparliamentary Union, the Council of Women World Leaders, the Women Political Leaders Forum, the World Bank, private sector companies and civil society to really take this to the next level. So it's, I think, another important thing for women to remember that we do need to support and promote each other's work so that we can help make the world a better place and co-create the future we want. Thank you. I couldn't have come up with any better words than that, so I'm not going to try. Thank you, Amanda. Uh, As we go into break, I invite our listeners to think about What are you doing to co-create our future and ensure that women and girls have a role in society that that is also aligned with and supportive of our cultures? And as listeners, you're hearing three very different global or cultures across the world uh, and and the American culture from me. And for each of us, we, we have different opportunities and different challenges and different cultural backgrounds backdrops that inform our roles, how do we both respect our history and and our cultures and still move forward in a way that uh, is supportive of the future that we do choose to create? We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute 
offers proven results backed by leading edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future. You are with Maureen, Menke- Maureen Metcalf, Amanda Ellis, Hadil Anabtawi, and Habiba Ali. And we are talking about the, the We Empower UN Sustainable Development Goals Challenge uh, winners. So each of our participants have been involved in this process and were uh, considered to be those who rose to the top for being exceptional. So as a partner to the We Empower UN Sustainable Development Goal Challenge, the International Leadership Association provided one-on-one mentoring, an opportunity to share with the ILA community at the regional or specialist conference, and We Empower provided a virtual peer network. Tell us about the experience and how they helped to shape your leadership journey, and we'll start with Habiba. Okay. Thank you very much, Ian. Um, for me, the mentoring, I've had so many, I mean, I've had the opportunity to be mentored a lot of times and it's all been wonderful experiences. But I must say that this time it was a different kind of mentorship for me because it was geared towards my leadership, um, you know, um, my, lead, my, lead, my, my, my role as a leader. And one of the things, I was very lucky, and I keep telling a lot of people who care to listen that I was very lucky to have been paired with a wonderful mentor, um, Stella Anko, Professor Stella Ancomo. She's um, based out of Pretoria. She's working with the University of Pretoria. And um, one of the first things she had me do was to tell a future story of what I would like, you know, like writing a story of the, in the future of what I would want to, be, to see. So it's like sharing, it's like a vision story where I want to see what, what do I want people to say? Like it could be in the newspaper in five years time about me. And that helped me to get thinking and this thinking, what it did to me was, and basically for me, the relationship started in um, November last year. And this was at a very difficult moment for me in my business life. And, you know, owning my leadership period, because we had a lot of challenges we were going through professionally. And then I also had personal challenges I was going through. Working with Stella really helped me to kind of have a, a, a clear, clarity about the whole thing. I mean, and she, we were supposed to have a monthly um, meeting, but she, because I had that, those issues at that time, she took her time and said, you know what, I will check up on you every week just to be sure things are going to the way we want, you know. She made me see things in a clearer vision and she was ensuring she was following me up to achieve the things that I needed to achieve um, professionally and even personally because she was very clear that until you have a, a, a settled personal life, 
professionally, you were still going to struggle. And this experience for me has been the best of my mentorship experiences because, I mean, most times it's always been work, 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 work. I mean, it's always either one aspect of my business is marketing. No, it is the other one is um, customer relations. But this was like an all-rounder trying to say, no, you had this organization. This is where you want the organization to be in, in this time. And this is what you need to be as a leader to drive it there. And it helped me to step back and understand that once in a while I need to sit on the balcony, sort of, and watch the dance floor of my business and try to streamline what needs to to be done strategically. Let's take myself out of the tactical activities and, you know, strategically plan. And this for me has actually given me like a breather because it's made me realize that I could actually breathe and just let other people do the work. And, you know, while breathing, it helped me to be able to make strategies and plans that were going to grow the business in a better direction. So it's been a very, very wonderful experience. Thank you so much for for sharing your again so personally. It, it's we often hear the the polished version of how we get here, and so I really appreciate the the very personal story, Hadil. Yeah, actually, um, Habiba summed it all, uh, but I want to add here that um, uh, uh, entrepreneurs uh, usually uh, they always seek mentors. Uh, as Habiba mentioned indirectly, in certain fields that will grow their businesses, thinking that, okay, a finance mentor or a marketing mentor or a strategy mentor, uh, this is what's needed. And uh, women entrepreneurs in particular, they forget uh, that uh, uh, they need uh, uh, some sort of coaches uh, to, to help them through uh, the, uh, throughout the daily challenges, the struggles that they face uh, that sometimes lower the, uh, where, um, the confidence uh, sometimes. Morale. <laughs> and yeah the moral and uh, and uh, so uh, so we never think that uh, if if we uh, grow uh, our uh, capabilities as leaders and grow our capabilities as uh, uh, um, uh, 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 we grow our capacity to be more confident to run our businesses this is really essential for the growth of our uh, 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 our companies and and for the first time uh, uh, we were like uh, I was given the chance to talk to a mentor with something outside the Excel sheets and uh, outside the uh, the business plans and these things and um, and uh, we started to talk about things that I think uh, that is uh, worrying for uh, for me that uh, are scaring uh, me that are like maybe. Uh, and obstacles uh, for my personal growth uh, as a leader. Uh, so, uh, so that was really a great experience. And the, the good thing that um, it was a perfect match, actually, not myself. Habiba uh, mentioned this, and all other uh, our Ds that uh, they were like impressed with the, how 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 the match was done, where uh, where we get uh, matched with uh, with the, like the right uh, uh, mentors. And and uh, uh, my mentor was always there for me. Uh, through different channels actually uh, uh, aside from the uh, calls and the mentoring calls that we used to, to take she was like online through LinkedIn and through other channels uh, just encouraging me uh, um, whenever I do something that we agreed that I should do in order to uh, to um, uh, to help uh, my leadership uh, journey uh, she would like send comments that oh this is good do this and do this so so it was like a, a very good experience and I highly encourage other entrepreneurs to have mentors and personal mentors leadership mentors aside from uh, other mentors that are technical that will add uh, really growth uh, to the company so so it was a great uh, opportunity we thank ILA and we empower a word for this actually thank you so let's now move to Amanda and again thank you for sharing uh, both the technology where we need to be accessible and what mentorship needs to look like in the leadership space beyond the technical pieces of moving our businesses forward but that that supporting one another is so foundational and I know for me, it's easy to jump into what what's the next task and forget how critical just the mutual support is for one another. So, yeah. um, Amanda, how can mentoring, peer networks, and other leadership tools help promote more women into leadership roles and more senior roles with global impact? I think Hadil and Habiba have done an extraordinary job of conveying just how important it is to have a mentor 
somebody that you can work with and trust to have your best interests at heart. I would also add that within big organizations, it can be very useful to have a sponsor. And the differentiation between the two terms is important. While a mentor is a trusted advisor, a sponsor is someone who will actually advocate on your behalf. And often for women, that's a very important uh, role in big organizations where, as Habiba said earlier, often women are not good at blowing our own horns and letting people know about achievements. So having somebody who is slightly more senior in the organization and can help do that for you and sponsor you is really critical. And finally, too, there was an opportunity for the We Empower winners to participate in a virtual peer network, and I think it can be very helpful to not only have one-on-one support relationships, but also to have a group of your peers who are able to act as sounding boards and trusted advisors. And just to sign off, I wanted to say as co-chair of the We Empower UNSDG Challenge how thankful we are to the International Leadership Association and particularly President Cynthia Cherry for all of the support and resources that you have contributed to the success of the program. Thank you so much. And as a fellow of ILA, I am um, feel honored for the work you do uh, and the caliber of women that have uh, that are coming through the program and succeeding and sharing their success as role models to everyone around the world for what's possible for women. So we have a couple of minutes left before we close. And in the last conversation, Habiba, you talked about uh, the future and what what future you imagined for yourself. Can you give us a two-minute summary of what that looks like? Well, okay, so for us, uh, one of the things I saw when I was doing the vision and exercise was I saw a, a, a period where for every community, because what we do is community-wide. We try to bring energy solutions to communities. We're not saying this is the right solution or this is not the right solution. We're looking inwards and finding what the problems really are and finding tailor-made solutions for communities. And we've got over 70% of our population living in um, rural communities. So for me, one of the things I would love to see in future, and I always say this, is communities that are being lit up because Susei touched their life. Susei is the name of the company. And for every time I imagine myself flying over a region and just seeing these flags of Susei lighting up, you know, communities. And so I imagine one in my visioning exercise, one of the things I said was I, I want a, a, a period where it is said 15,000 communities in rural northern Nigeria have been powered through the efforts of Susei. That's amazing. That, that vision is phenomenal. And, yeah. and how, how long will it take you to get there? Well, it will take a long time, but I'm looking at at most five, 10 years to get there. I'm just thinking of the number of lives impacted, oh. the, num- the schools impacted, the the The, the children impacted. I mean, for mm-hmm. every community going to we have the knowledge centers where we have computers for children to play with we have um, hospitals being lit up by um, solar energy we have people having irrigation systems with um, solar um, solar powered we have solar dryers so it's it's a whole lot of things that you can actually achieve just by using renewable energies and so um, we're looking at it and saying there's so much that can be done and why not do it now and it could be through mini grids, it could be through solar home systems, it could be through any of the productive use technologies as well. So what an inspiration you are. And I hear children in the background, which is lovely, that, that <laughs> um, to hear the integration of family so as you're doing your business. So as we are wrapping up, uh, there are women leaders making a difference by promoting positive change in their local communities, which can have a global impact. And it was, Habiba, you just did a beautiful example of uh, talking about that. 
Women hold each other's hands around the world for innovative, positive change, supporting and promoting each other's work to make the world a better place and co-create the future we want. So as we're coming to a close, I wanted to ask each of you to share if you have a contact information. So Amanda, if people are interested in the program, how would they find you and the program? And Habiba and Hadil, if people are applying and they have questions, how would they find you? Website is theweempowerchallenge.org. And it was exciting this year because we started the program in 2018. And now in 2019, all of our five winners from each UN region also served as judges. So Habiba and Hadil also helped select the other winners for this year, and we will be in New York for UN Climate Week, which is the 23rd of September. Diane von Furstenberg hosts a pitch night for the women winners on Monday the 23rd, and the UN Global Compact is hosting a trailblazing women event on the 25th. There'll be a series of curated trainings throughout that week to help set the women up for the year ahead and for taking on their uh, opportunities with the International Leadership Association uh, mentoring. So we look forward to people applying for next year. We will open again in uh, January of 2020 for next year's UN SDG Challenge. And Habiba and Hadil, if you could just give your email contact information so for future applicants, they might be able to reach out to you. Yeah, actually mine, uh, anaptawi underscore hadil at yahoo.com. And you can find us online, thealchemistlabkids.com. Perfect. Thank you. And Habiba? I am Habiba, H-A-B-I-B-A, at S-O-S-A-I-R-E-N.org. S-O-S-A-I-R-E-N.org is also the website. Thank you so much, everyone, for giving us such an inspirational conversation. This is Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm Maureen Metcalf, and I would love to hear your comments and input. You can reach me either at info at innovateleader.com or on LinkedIn, Maureen Metcalf or on Facebook, Innovating Leadership. Let us know what we can do to support your success. And we look forward to you joining us again soon. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.